Hey, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for uh, joining us to worship this morning. Uh, especially, just want to thank you for taking time out at your in your homes, or if you're in the car listening to this, or uh, watching on Facebook with us, or YouTube with us, or whatever it is. Uh, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to do that and and worshiping with us. And uh, I just want you to know that I, I pray. Uh, we are praying over those folks that are watching um, and that are watching right now. So uh, just know that you are prayed for uh, in that. I, I want to share. Uh, a quick something uh, with you, and then we're going to jump into the message. Uh, this coming week, uh, Josh Hudgens is supposed to be coming home from the hospital. If you don't know who Josh is, one of our deacons um, who had a massive stroke, had a brain bleed, inoperable. Many things have happened. Uh, it looked it looked really grim at one point in time. And uh, man, Josh has overcome a ton. Uh, and with the support of his wife, Dusty, especially, uh, who has fought for him all along the way. And um, they are coming home uh, for the first time. He's been in the hospital. I think it, it'll be 60 days or so by the time he gets home, if I'm not correct. Um, and um, anyway, uh, we I've been thinking about, like, what can we do? What can we do? Uh, to just celebrate that happening uh, and hopefully be an encouragement to them. So here's what we're doing. Uh, this coming Wednesday, uh, day before Thanksgiving, okay, uh, we are going to, uh, they're, they're assuming that they will be coming through the area around 2 p.m. in the afternoon on that Wednesday. Here's what we're asking folks that are available and would like to join us to do. We are going to make it where you can come here to the church building uh, and line up in the parking lot. Uh, we'll have some instruction given that day when you get here. Main thing is just kind of park somewhere out of the way, back parking lot, uh, maybe even uh, down by City Hall, some of that, uh, just to try to create more room. Uh, and we're just going to create a line of people on the side of the car that Josh will be setting in uh, for them to literally just, just drive through slowly and him be able to see our faces, us cheer him on. If you want to uh, decorate a post board for him or something or whatever uh, to you know to like wave or whatever uh, we're gonna try to keep them safe keep us safe uh, in all of this uh, so uh, but we just think this would be a great opportunity for us to celebrate as a church uh, and uh, and then you know even after uh, they roll on we may have a moment of prayer here uh, over the building together while we're here together so uh, we'd love to have you uh, we're shooting for two o'clock in the afternoon on that Wednesday day before Thanksgiving we'd love to have have you and hope you can make it uh, would be awesome. I know it will mean a ton to him. He does not know we are doing this. It's a surprise. So if you happen to get to be one of those few people that get to talk with him along the way between here and there, don't mention it. So, uh, all right, let's jump into the message today. Uh, we are going back to Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, the armor, the armor of God. And uh, uh, today's passage brings us to uh, verse 17. And uh, I've been reading the whole passage each week, uh, and I feel like I should continue to do that. We've gotten this far doing it. I want to read it to us and just us be reminded of the armor and the different things that we've been uh, talking about. Um, and so let me, let me read that. Ephesians 6, starting with verse 10. It says this. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God 
that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore. There's a whole lot of commanding to stand. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And then verse 17, And take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, today we're going to talk about the helmet of salvation, and I'm going to wait to share about uh, the sword of the Spirit being the Word of God. I'm going to share about that next week. Uh, So let's talk about the helmet of salvation. Uh, Helmet. Helmets are one of those things that... uh, you know, we don't think a whole lot about helmets unless you ride a motorcycle all the time or, uh, you know, something like that. Uh, obviously, if you are in war, uh, you would have a helmet. Uh, I have an old helmet at home. I've started to bring it and show it, and really it didn't make any sense to do it other than just to mention I had one and, you know, talk about, you know, the fact that when you're in war and bullets are front flying, then you really want a helmet, uh, you know. And so uh, that being said, uh, what I had thought about, though, was when I was growing up, uh, I remember watching stuntmen, you know? I mean, you just think about stuntmen. I mean, is, uh, TV shows with stuntmen were like a must uh, at the time that I was growing up to the point that, I mean, like every show was jumping a car. I mean, thanks to the Dukes of Hazard and all those kinds of shows, the A-Team and things, man, we just we just had, we had the best shows growing up, didn't we? And so, you know, there, but I mean, you think about like the guys that pull off these stunts, they're jumping cars and motorcycles and all that. And then you had, and then you had guys uh, like Evil Knievel. Uh, you know, and Evil Knievel, you know, trying to jump the Grand Canyon and, you know, all, all these crazy things. Uh, and then you had guys like Super Dave. You remember Super Dave? He was kind of like a little bit of a joke of a stuntman, but I mean, still cool and you still could not like Super Dave. Um, and, and, and here's, here's a, this will blow you away. We've even got somebody in our church, I won't name names, who is a stuntman and has been a Hollywood stuntman for years of his life uh, and has has acted as a stuntman, a stuntman in all kinds of movies and TV shows. Isn't that crazy? Uh, and so... Just think about like you know stuntmen have to have a crash helmet, right? And and we know that we know you know there's always an impact, and you know just like being in a demolition derby, you know you're going to get into an impact there or whatever. Same idea, and so you wear a helmet, you wear a crash helmet, and and the truth is, is that I think that in life we need a crash helmet too, but we may not realize it. But Paul is trying to help us to realize it with this passage of Scripture. Not only is he just playing out this you know, mock-up of armor or whatever, he's actually following through Scripture that he knows from the book of Isaiah. In fact, in Isaiah 59, 17, he is taking this exact wording and he's using it to help us to see the importance of something that God has for us and take the helmet of salvation. Uh, it says. It also says right before that, talks about the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, so again, something we've already studied and where it came from, and this is a continuation of that. Uh, and so Paul shares with us about our helmet. And, uh, you know, I think I think one of the things that is good for us to understand about the helmet of salvation uh, is that, of course, it protects. That's what a helmet does, and that's what the armor does. But what is it protecting? You know, that's a great question. I mean, kind of silly, maybe. Uh, but to, to follow through with this, I think, I think we do it justice to talk about it, uh, is, you know, it protects our heads. 
you know, and, and of course we're like, you know, well, yeah, you know, it protects our heads. I, you know, that's what a helmet does, you know, so why do we need our heads protected? Let's think about that for a second. We don't need maybe our heads protected as much in this day and age as we need our minds protected as much in this day and age. We need, we need protection over our thoughts. We need protection over our brains. I mean, this is, you know, and, and it's almost so simple. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Is that where this is going? Yes, that's where this is going. Uh, let me kind of, let me just throw a question out there. Um, what is your mind preoccupied with? What do you spend most of the time thinking about? I think we all uh, struggle with our minds being preoccupied with all kinds of things. And I, I know for mine, I wrote a few of them down. I wrote a few things down that my mind is preoccupied, pre, preoccupied with a lot. Uh, preoccupied with a lot. I'm making words up now. Um, <laughs> my mind is preoccupied with things like this. Family, church, the ministry, uh, of, of 24 especially, um, and the kingdom, uh, my, uh, problems, uh, burdens, you know, and those are things that we're supposed to cast on the Lord. I'm very aware of that, but my mind is preoccupied with them quite a bit. Uh, sometimes it's other people's problems and burdens from doing counseling. Sometimes it's uh, burdens of the church or whatever. We're trying to finish up this project. Believe me, there's been a lot of burdens with that uh, that we're praying through, and we believe the Lord is about to open up something awesome on that. Um, and then uh, things like business, uh, and, and then my mind can be preoccupied with things like cars and records, you know, or whatever. It's like, you know, those are random things, right? Uh, but, you know, we're, we're all wired where, you know, we've got these things, we've got the really important stuff, and we've got the stuff that, you know, we kind of have fun with, enjoy, whatever, too, and that's fine. Um, but we got to be careful. We got to be careful uh, because our head, our brain needs to be protected, and it is protected in knowing that we have salvation. You're like, Chris, that doesn't make sense. I'm going to help us with that. Uh, it needs to be protected with the reminder that we have been saved. That for us, for uh, for our minds to be preoccupied with these crazy things of this world and sometimes lies of the devil. Remember, we're just coming off the flaming arrows uh, thing of the devil and, and you know, making sure we don't believe the hype with him, uh, that we continue on in being reminded of truth. And we're reminded of what God has done for us in the work that he has sent Jesus to do to live the perfect life, die the perfect death, that he shed his blood on the cross, that he defeated a grave three days later. And why did he do that? He did that for me, and he did that for you, that we might be saved. Saved from what? Saved from our sin. God understood that we're sinful people, and now we understand that we've all fallen short of the glory of God, that we've all sinned, and we need to be forgiven of that sin and be made right with God. And he did that. He did something for us uh, by allowing us to believe in his Son, who died for us to take the place that we place that we deserve for the sin that we've committed, um, and so this whole idea of the helmet of salvation really kind of centers around this thought that that we need to protect our minds. We need to protect our thoughts. A lot of times, our thoughts get away from us, don't they? We get preoccupied with something. Well, we can we can let ourselves run. We can get into a bad place fast. I've st struggled. I've been open about this. I've just I've struggled with some depression over the years, on and off at times. Not as much as a lot of people do. Uh, and uh, and I can just tell you, I can have I can be having 
a good day and all of a sudden that man something just hits me and it's like what what happens when i look back on it for me when that happens is i have begun to believe something that's not true i've begun to believe some of those lies and suddenly everything looks dark and gloomy and i just fall into a rabbit hole and you know what pulls me out of it is being reminded of the truth of who god is and what he's done for me. You say, well, Chris, that sounds so simple. Yeah, it does. It does sound so simple, but but it's really true for us. Like the knowledge of his salvation, the knowledge of his grace in our lives is so huge that it literally can drag us out of that hole on our worst day and help us to see what is true. And when we believe in that and see the lies for being what they are, lies, uh, you know, amazing things can happen. The best, uh, this is uh, a little something here, the best protection uh, from evil is a less preoccupation with sin and the world, and more preoccupation of God. Now, that was a quote that I kind of changed it up. It was a quote that I read somewhere. Still, I couldn't even find who who said it. Uh, but I, I kind of changed it up to be more of you know what I think that it ought to have been. Uh, our, I'll say that again. Our best, best protection from evil is less preoccupation with sin in the world and more preoccupation of God. So... Just understanding that our head, our brain, is protected by knowing we are saved and who saved us and how he saved us is huge, huge, huge for us in our life. And it is the thing that we need to go to in these crazy moments that happen in our lives. Uh, I want to read to you Romans 16, verse 19. It says, For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you, but... I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. So if we're following that verse, that verse helps us to hone in on the thought that we are to pursue the truth of Jesus, that we are to pursue God himself and an understanding of who he is and and all things that are good, which is him and all of his things and all of what he's done, to be wise to the good and innocent to what is evil. And and, and what it's saying there is instead of of being preoccupied or going down those rabbit holes as to the things that we know we shouldn't in life, uh, that's protecting us if we will do that. Uh, and in fact, if you look at if you, and you say, well, Chris, well, you know, we got to have some knowledge of this, that, what, listen, I, I you know, I, I studied even just through studying this, I studied a good bit about demons and some stuff. And, you know, uh, that stuff is all real and spiritual warfare is real. And that's part of why we're doing this series. But the truth is, is that, that God doesn't give us a ton of information about some of those things. And I think that it's truly purposeful that he wants us to focus on him and not on those things being demons, Satan, whatever it is. We know enough to know how to what? To put on the armor of God and protect ourselves and to stand firm and uh, to fulfill our callings and all those kinds of things. We don't need to spend a whole lot of time like seeking out, you know, the knowledge of demons and how they work and, you know, all these kinds of things. I mean, okay, surface level, uh, don't go down those rabbit holes and next thing you know, you're, you know, 
whatever, you know, finding yourself, um, you know, having a seance with your buddies. But, uh, you know, all joking aside, I mean, seriously, like uh, those things are, you know, Scripture teaches us those things are dangerous. We've got to watch out for those things. Uh, to, to just even furthermore kind of to point this direction, um, you know, desiring knowledge of both good and evil is what got us into trouble in the first place. We see this with Adam and Eve, Gen- Genesis 3, uh, 4 through 7. I mean, that's, you know, just this understanding they wanted to know what was good and they wanted to know what about that 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 other tree. They had to know. They couldn't leave it alone. Uh, you know, and I think along the way, God is using those kinds of things, even Adam and Eve, even that, for us to be reminded that we are to be focused on Him. And if we're focused on Him, it changes how we perceive and focus on the things around us. We look at those things through a different lens. I'm honestly going through a pretty crazy moment in my life, I feel like. I feel like every day is like so crazy. I don't know if your life is like this right now. Some of it's due to the way the world is, and other parts of it is just due to just some you know situations going on around me or whatever. And so I'm just trying to cling to the Lord through these moments because it would be so easy for me. And I've had my moments where it's been so easy to fall down that rabbit hole and feel like, oh, I'm worthless. I'm just, I can't get through this. I'll never, you know, all, you know, all the things that Satan wants to believe, a bunch of lies, a bunch of junk. So don't don't buy into that. So helmet of salvation protects us from the lies, okay? It protects not just not just our head, but our thoughts, our brains. Also, it also gives us affirmation of truth. It gives us affirmation of truth. It encourages us to be reminded we are saved. Think about that for a minute. We're saved. If you've believed in Jesus, if you've trusted in Him, you are a child of God. You have an inheritance coming. This is not it. Like the worst of whatever's going on right now, whatever we've made up to be, even the best of what's going on right now, is not it. There's so much more. The kingdom is coming. I want to share this passage with you. Uh, This is uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17. It says this. It says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen this world but to the things that are unseen the kingdom for the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal what an awesome passage for us And let me tell you what, on the days when you have the crushing pressure of the world coming in on around you, let me tell you what, that's a truth that we need to remind ourselves of, that God is using these light momentary afflictions for preparing us for the eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Wow. Like, I don't even have time to like fully even talk about all that that means, but it's amazing. And it is such good news for us today. It is such good news. Um, you know, I'll put it to you like this. Let's say you're having a bad moment. Or let's say you're going to have a bad moment. Let's say, let's say next week. Let's say next week you get a letter and you open it up and it's an inheritance. You find out you've got an inheritance. Some family member has left you something amazing. Millions of dollars, billions of dollars, whatever it is. And then... Then the same day, later on, you find another letter and you open that up and you find you owe a couple thousand dollars on your taxes this year. 
Nobody likes paying those bills. Nobody likes paying those taxes, right? I mean, I know I don't, you know? And so, you know, but let me ask you a question. Which of those letters do you think will define how you go about living out the rest of that day or even week or even month, you know? Well, you say, well, Chris, I, you know, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm all over the the inheritance thing. Like that's all I'm going to be thinking about. Like how amazing is that? Uh, forget the taxes. I'll pay the taxes and move on. Of course, you have to pay taxes on an inheritance to get ready for that. Uh, but you know, I mean, just how how crazy awesome, right? And I think we miss that exact thing that we have these moments in life that we let bring us to our knees. That are those little bills that we get along the way. That yeah, they sting, they hurt, they're it's it's hard. I believe me, I've been there, still still there some days, you know. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, we have been promised an inheritance. And and the truth is, is not only have we been promised this inheritance, but our salvation is forever. Our salvation is forever. Romans 8 says nothing can, can, can separate us from the love of God. And you say, well, Chris, that's not saying our salvation is forever. Well, I'm going to read to you a passage where it does talk about that. Let me just share with you, and I've got to find it because I, I didn't have it in my notes here. Uh, but here it is. This is Isaiah 51, verses 5 through 8. And it says this. I want you just to listen to this. Let me just read this over you. If you need to like... Shut down something else you're doing, like just to focus in, hit the pause button to really listen to this. I just want to read this passage over you right here. Again, Isaiah 51, 5 through 8, it says this. It says, My righteousness draws near, my salvation has gone out, and my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands hope for me, and for my arm they wait." Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look at the earth beneath, for the heavens vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment, and they will do well. In it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will never be dismayed. Listen to me, you who know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. Fear not the reproach of man, nor be dismayed by their revilings, for the moth will eat like a, the moth will eat them like a garment, and the worm will eat them like wool, but my righteousness will be forever and my salvation to all generations. This is amazing. This is amazing. All these things will pass. And at the end of the day, we still get to put on the helmet of God's promises that He's never leaving us and that He has saved us. And He's leaving for us something so great in the end that it makes, it makes the tax bills just seem silly when we really think about it. In fact, James 1, we've read a lot from James throughout this little bit here. I just it couldn't say it. This is just so good. Verses 2, two through 4, count it all joy, my brothers. When you meet various trials of various kinds, meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Listen, I'm here to tell you, God wants to use the stuff going on in your crazy life right now and in my crazy life right now for His kingdom. 
It's going to have a purpose. God is going to use it. Count it all joy. Count it all joy, my brothers. Count it all joy, my sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, knowing that for you, the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. In these moments, we are reminded of our salvation, the promises of God, the concrete of the gospel. Know Jesus, like know Him here, know Him, like seek Him. Seek what He can do to help prepare you and help you through these moments and to help prepare you for the things to come. God has something so special for you and a plan so special for you. He wants to use you for His glory. And I'll leave you with this. The salvation we have in Him is the crash helmet that doesn't just protect our heads. It protects our thoughts. In that salvation, we have the peace that our God is with us, will never not be with us, is always for us. And we get to rest in Him, the inheritance, His love, His care, His grace, His mercy forever. Let's pray together. God, thank you for, Lord, not just giving us a helmet, but literally one that can handle the crashes of this life. And God, I just pray that we would put it on daily and seek you daily and be reminded of the truth of your salvation daily, that our hope is in the gospel. God, our hope is in the gospel. That's what this is about. And God, I pray, I pray that our hope would be unwavering in that. I pray that you would lead us, guide us through that. Lord, thank you for the promises that you have given us, but that you always fulfill every one of them. God, we thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that we can lean in on you. Lord, for anyone, Lord, that is struggling right now and needs to talk to somebody, I pray that they would reach out to one of us or to somebody else, Lord, that will help point them toward the Lord. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you would work in their hearts. So for anybody that has never trusted in Jesus, God, again, I pray that they would reach out to one of us or someone they know that knows you, Lord, that can help them to know you too. Lord, reach into their hearts, save them today, help them to see you love them no matter what has happened in the past. God, that you care for them and your grace is good enough for them as it is for anyone. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for your son. And we ask all this in your name. Amen.